this is Brianna DeAndrea coming to you from Mom Girl Pod uh, from the momgirlblog.com website. And today I've got a very special friend on our podcast, Mr. Ryan Watson. Um, he and I go back quite a few years. We've worked together in many capacities uh, in the television and media business me being a reporter, him being a cameraman slash editor slash producer. We've collaborated on a number of projects. We've traveled together. We've shared laughs, cries, all that jazz. And so I just wanted to have him on the podcast today. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself, Ryan, you know, what it is that you're doing now and who you are. Um, but mainly because you're a dear black friend of mine and you always have been. And with everything happening in the world right now, you were like one of the first people that I called and turned to just to like open up my heart to say that like I care, you know? So anyway, go ahead and tell us, you know, who you are, what you do and, and all that. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for having me uh, again. And I, I mean, that's a wonderful introduction. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I'm Ryan Watson, uh, USF University of South Florida grad class of 06, Baltimore, Maryland native. I uh, got my master's, my MFA degree from National University out in LA. I spent some years working for the Seminole Tribe of Florida where I met my dear friend, Brianna DeAndrea. <laughs> uh, after working for the Seminole Tribe of Florida, I transitioned into a, a career in higher education where I currently teach at my alma mater, University of South Florida teaching uh, video film production. Yeah, and we've also worked outside of that after that, kind of some other projects, which I love. I just love working with you in general. Um, and you've got two young children, right? Or three young children. Yes, I have a 13-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 4-year-old. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> So talk to me right now. I just want like friend to friend. Like, how are you feeling right now? Like, well, I mean, I'm I'm always a positive guy. I try to block out some of the noise that you see on social media and and regular media as well. But I mean, it's 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 not easy to be uh, living in the current climate. Uh, the political climate right now is very very polarizing. Um, there's not a whole lot of what I would consider to be uh, unity-based leadership right now mm -hmm. uh, from the top. And so, you know, what's happening is that you're seeing a lot of just anger. And, uh, you know, I have my moments. You know, you see a, a man, uh, you know, get killed, uh, lose his life on camera with bystanders begging for for the police to check his pulse uh it, i mean it's disturbing horrible and and when you when you when you're raising a black son when you've been black in america for i mean i'm 36 years old mm -hmm. it's it's troubling you know what i mean it's it's hurtful it's sad you know and then I was like I said I posted on my Facebook page when the world's going to hell stay off social media because um, you're going to see people that that agree with you and then you're also going to see some people that just seem completely lost and out of touch with what's going on and it just makes you angry you know what I'm saying so right I mean it, it, you know my kids are happy uh, as far as 
work is concerned, work is still moving forward. We're still, everyone in my house is still getting paid. My wife's still getting paid. So we kind of just, you know, find refuge and in, in the fact that we're still very, very blessed considering right. everything that's going on and that we just have to be, uh, you know, thankful and, and try to weather this storm and just hope that, um, you know, at some point we'll get to a better place. Right. And and you just have to sort of think in historical perspectives of how bad the world was 50, 60 years ago. And and you have to realize that it's not as bad as it was 50 or 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. It, it, I know there's pockets that make it seem like they're like it is, but it's not. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting here in a five-bedroom house with a pool. <laughs> and I'm from a single-parent household. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in Baltimore in the nineties, which was not going well at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it was going so bad that my mom sent me to Florida to live with my dad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you gotta try to find some positivity difficult as it might be. You have to find something positive to, to be inspired, to continue to work harder because, uh, you know, the people that came before you, they did that. Like, I don't have everything that I have had it not been for for African-Americans pushing through a lot of the harsh things that they had to deal with so that I could have a better life that I have today. And so it's very important that we all keep that in perspective and we understand that, no, it's not perfect. You know what I'm saying? And, and we still have a long way to go. Right. But we made progress. And if we want our children and our children's children to have a better life and to have everything and have better than what we have right now, then we got to push through uh, some of the negativity and grind to the end where, where we're at a place where everyone, you know, where the world's a better place. Well, I love that. And I was going to say, is that what inspires you is because it's obviously not something new, right? Just because everything's being brought to light right now, this isn't, this is old hat, right? Um, so what does inspire you with regards to all of this? Well, a lot of it is my mom. My mom had a horrible, horrible childhood and, um, she'd tell us about it and we would cry. Me and my sister would cry because it was awful. And, um, you know, my mom never allowed us to make excuses. She worked hard. Uh, she went to college. She earned her master's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she did those things so that me and my sister could have a better life. Right. And, and so, you know, she did that for me. She didn't have to, she didn't have to go get a master's and do all that stuff and set those examples. She could have been like, you know, cool. Like, you, you know, we, the lights are on in here. You got food to eat. You got clothes on your back. That's good enough. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and look, there are people that, that had, you know, far less than I did growing up. Um, and she, but she was like, no, like, let me keep, going let me set an example for my kids that you can come from a certain background and you can work hard and you can still end up in a place where you're satisfied and and where you're considered successful not just by 
the standard of being African American, but just that you're successful, uh, you know, as 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 a person in general. And you are. I mean, I can say that firsthand. You know, we've worked together so many times, and you've been nothing but professional. And it doesn't matter. I mean, I think to your point, like as long as you're an upstanding citizen and you represent who you are as a person inside, and that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to be easy. But but if it's easy, where's where's right. the joy in it? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I mean, look, maybe some people are happy with easy wins Mm -hmm. to each his own. If you didn't have to grind and work hard for it, what is it really worth? Right. No, I agree. And I want to, that kind of brings me to the idea of growing up and being around your mom, being able to see her work so hard for you and your sister. Can you recall a time that you felt like really stood out to you, like looking back where you faced just on social injustice and, um, you know, you felt like you had to fight for who you were to represent who you were? Uh, well, it, there's a, there's, there's, there's kind of an, like sort of an unwritten and, and I'll say it, you know, it, there's an, there's an ugly side of being African American in this country that, that a lot of people are not necessarily comfortable with talking about. Right. Um, because they view it as as sort of, you know, sort of exposing your own community uh, in front of white people. Uh, but look, it, it is what it is. If it happened, if it's the truth, then it happened. And one of the things I witnessed in in Bal- growing up in Baltimore in the nineties is like, you know, the black on black violence was awful. Um, the treatment, the bullying uh, uh, amongst our own people was was such that like it it, it you know and and you know where it stands from is is there historical uh, reasons for why that happened if you study anything about like you know slavery in the Jim Crow South where like you know people uh, you know slaves on the plantation were given credit for basically you got ahead by treating other slaves bad. And so that kind of behavior, you know, it got passed down. And, and then when, when the institution of slavery was no longer in place, mm-hmm. people carried it over into their regular lives. And, and, and so what happened is that's where, that's truthfully where the, the black on black crime stems from is the treatment of slaves on the, on the plantation mm-hmm. and how they were, how you could get ahead on the plantation by 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 whipping a, another slave. The slave drivers were black, you know what I'm saying, and and they were slaves as well. But you you could get ahead on the plantation. The master would would give you credit for 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 being harder on another slave, and you that's how you were able to to raise your level of of, of mm-hmm. status within the plantation. So a lot of that stuff has been passed down generation generationally and, and people aren't, you know, they're not able to sort of understand that, like, listen, you're perpetuating negativity that started on a plantation somewhere. We have this thing in our community called colorization where light skinned black people look down on dark skinned black people. 
and 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 stuff like that and it's the most ludicrous thing i've ever heard in my life but it happens and it was insane it is a thing you know what i'm saying yeah and and so when i was growing up in baltimore i witnessed a lot of that okay i witnessed there was me and my friends we do a zoom happy hour now since we can't really go anywhere we were talking about how at our elementary school there was a white kid in there and they used to beat him up just because he was white (sighs) like no lie like like and like you know again like you know in a grand scheme of things is that is that anything compared to being whipped on a slave plantation no it is not but that doesn't make it right Right. you know what i'm saying and um we witnessed stuff like that like if you were white and they didn't like you they'd beat you up you know what i'm saying and so i witnessed a lot of that a lot of a lot of shameful and 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 and, and poor behavior between african americans on each other mm-hmm. um, so then when i was getting trouble and hanging out with the wrong crowd and my mom sent me to live with my dad in florida now i'm in collier county so i went from Rat from I mean like the most liberal city in America to being in the most conservative city in America. And so, you know, it, it was really like like that was like a complete 180. And you know, there was when I, I got, you know, it was it was a hardcore old school southern Jim Crow like racism called the n-word in high school uh you know they did the confederate flag thing there which highly offensive to me yeah uh, i mean i think it'd be highly offensive yeah offensive i mean i can't even imagine that's awful i don't want to hear this stuff about southern heritage and all that stuff you know southern heritage for black people is is oppression right okay so when you're waving that flag what you're saying is that your heritage of of being the oppressor is more important than the heritage of people who died, who didn't have names, who were raped, murdered, and all of that stuff. That's what you're saying when you wave that flag, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And and like you know, I was confronted with that every single day. Like my neighbor, uh, really nice people. Their daughter would hang around the dudes that would just just flagrantly racist at school and she drive around every morning I get up and go to school her truck had a giant confederate flag painted on there disrespectful uh things misplaced just not thoughtful and not considerate of your neighbors you know yeah. what I'm saying? And 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 like that was that was how it was. Like, you know, we said I did the ROTC thing. I was really good, but I couldn't rock with it because my dad was a, a Marine veteran and I thought I might consider going into the service, but then I got a taste of that southern old school military racism and I was like, I want no parts of it. Um, so like, you know, uh well, then I, that begs the question of like, if you have the opportunity, like to speak to your younger self, like what is something that you would say to your, the younger version of yourself? I mean, you have a son, you know, you have a young son and that's obviously, um, probably yeah. weighs on you. What I'd say to my younger self is do better in school. I was not a good student. Like, you know what I'm saying? Really? No, I wasn't. 
I was I didn't really become a good student until I found my passion for video. Okay. When that happened, that was when I was like, all right, I gotta get serious. But I wasn't a good student, and like, okay. you know, I don't make excuses for for any of my shortcomings. Yes, Naples had a lot of problems with racism. I probably needed to 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 be uh, mental health awareness was not what it is now. I probably needed to, to talk with a therapist about the differences between living in Baltimore and now living in, in Collier County. I needed someone, I need, I probably needed a professional to, to help me with that, but that wasn't a thing back then. You know what I'm saying? And, and I wasn't a good student. I wasn't a good student in Baltimore and I wasn't even, I wasn't a great student when I was in Naples. The only difference is, you know, in Baltimore, being a bad student and hanging out with the wrong crowd could possibly get you killed. Uh, in Collier County, being around the wrong crowd and not being a good student, I mean, you're not going to get, you, you won't die. <laughs> and, and so I wasn't a good student. And like, you know, if, if I could, like, I, I needed a positive black male influence to, to tell me that, look, yo, you, you can, you won't be all right if you do your work. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't get a lot of that. My dad's just an old school guy. He doesn't mm -hmm. know a whole lot. He just wants you to look at him and copy him. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's fine. You know what I'm saying? That's, it's, that was a generational thing. Yeah. Um, now with my son, I got to be more vocal and say, look, man, like, you know, is there anything you want to talk about at school? Is something happened at school uh, that, that, that that is troubling you how can i help you navigate through some of the things you might see those were conversations that me and my dad didn't have and so like you know those are things that that i would do for myself and i certainly plan on doing with my son so that he doesn't feel like you know my dad's gonna be you know that he got that old school marine veteran like boy yeah and, and you know in my day we you know we yeah had, we had the separate bathrooms and we drank out of a separate water fountain. Like, what do you, your life ain't that hard. And, and it wasn't to, you know, it's not, right. but that does, again, that doesn't mean that, that it doesn't require some attention, sensitivity and some navigation so that, you know, you can better handle yourself in those situations. That leads me into, you know, how do you explain what's happening to your young children right now? Like, are you even broaching that subject and how, even for myself, I mean, I could never even empathize with what you're going through with what your father, your mother, you know what I mean? Um, I don't, I, I can't even begin to know or try to know. Um, all I can do is try to exemplify being, you know, a, a good person that's non-judgmental and I'm learning all about being, you know, how to share with my children that, you know, and I feel like I've done a good job thus far, but I want to know from you, like what, you know, some advice. Well, first of all, if your heart's in the right place, you're, that's 90% of the battle. Right. Um, and, and I know you have a good heart. So like, mm -hmm. you know, like you should, everyone, Thank if you. you know you have a good heart and you treat people the way you want to be treated, that's, that's 90% of the battle. As far as what we're doing with our kids, we don't really talk much with the little ones mm -hmm. uh, because they just, they're not in a place where they can really understand what's going on. Right. We have a 13 year old and we explain things to her 
but we don't want her to get caught up in some of the crap that you see on social media. I don't want her overly thinking about that because again, like she's got a really good setup. She's at a nice school. It's a diverse school. Right. She's jujitsu. They're all inclusive. Right. Her pictures on the side of the building at the jujitsu gym that they, that they train at. And so we don't want her to start thinking about and, and, and get overwhelmed by things that are happening outside of her world at this point. Right. We talk to her about a few things here and there and make sure that, that she understands that these things do happen. Mm-hmm. But we also reinforce the fact that while these things are happening, you don't have to feed into it and you can make your own choices and not necessarily fall into what everybody else is doing on on either side of the argument you know like Mm -hmm. like you don't have to riot to protest that's not necessary you don't have to do it you know what i'm saying and 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 then you don't have to to uh you know, talk down on other African Americans because they disagree with 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 your uh with your point of view. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't do those things, and so and and that's that's what you see a lot of on social media right now is that and and you know people if you walk down the street people wouldn't say that stuff to you, it would the computer right. make it easier for you to say mean things for you to say things that are thoughtless and and. And, you know, that's just the way it is. So we don't want our 13-year-old specifically to get caught up in any of that. She's still a kid, and she got to focus on the things that I failed to focus on when I was that age, which was doing my schoolwork and staying out of trouble. That's what we want her focused on right now. We explain things historically when we have the opportunity. But, you know, in my opinion, and I'm not sure how anyone else feels about that, it's like, look, like handle your business first to the best of your ability. Once you do that, then you can accurately evaluate where is a problem, where is something that's not fair, where's the racism, where's the sexism, where's all that stuff. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you're not putting yourself in a situation to succeed to the best of your ability, then then you don't get to look at other people and point the finger and say, oh, it's your fault, it's your fault. I was not doing my homework when I was in school. That's nobody's fault but my own. Right. I have nobody else to blame for that but myself. And, and so while I want my daughter to be aware and thoughtful and, and all of that stuff, first and foremost thing that she got to understand is that we max out on our own individual uh, potential First and foremost, then we try to solve the rest of the world, but we can't solve the rest of the world if we're a hot mess. Right. Well, that's the thing that kind of is just like where I stood with this whole thing. I'm like, I realize that I'm not in a position to be going out and, and, and protesting. Like I just can't, you know, physically, but what can I do? And I feel like it starts in your home. Correct. And that's what I can control. And that's the conversations we're having at the kitchen table. I'm sitting there talking to my child and he's looking at me, he's young, you know, and he's looking at me like, why are you even talking to me about this? Which I know not to pat myself on the back, but at least that goes to show that like, okay, like I'm doing a good job. I'm showing him that like, there's, you know, that, that he should be looking at me. Like, why are we even having this discussion? Mom? <laughs> like, What's going on? You know? Um, but it's still, I feel like I want to be able to have the talk and for him to 
come talk to me and to know that, you know, there is a place to, to discuss the issue. Cause it, you know, as you, as you grow older, I can do whatever I can do at home. Right. But then once they go to school and they're in organized sports and all of those things, kids can say and do some really mean things. Um, and so I just want to know from you, like, what do you feel like is your biggest piece of advice for parents who are attempting to navigate speaking about this? You got to be open to ideas other than your own. Right. If you're not open to ideas that are other than your own, then, then I mean, by definition, that's bigotry. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't have that kind of perspective if you're hoping to learn. That's just the reality of the situation. Uh, as far as like parents, you just kind of got to explain that like, you know, we, we get caught up in the Disney, you know, the Disney comic book thing, which we, you know, we have even on the Disney in here. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. You just have to explain to children that like there are things in the world that happen that are out of our control, but parents have to understand that it starts with you. Right. These kids who go to school and like, you know, you spent, you could you homeschool your kids for three or four years, right? You teach them, you keep them away from everything. You, you have them right where you want them to be, right? Mm-hmm. And they go to school with somebody who's watching movies that are not age appropriate, listening to mu- music that is not age appropriate and, and hearing language around the house that is not age appropriate. Like that has nothing to do with anything going on in the world. That is on a parent to make better choices and understand age and and what is appropriate for your kids. And so it all starts in the house. Can you go out and protest? Absolutely. Sure. But I'm of the philosophy that if every parent did their job, that I was watching TV the other day where I think it might have been I think it might have been uh, it might have been a sports talk or something where it said racism could be easily eliminated in 20 years if every parent committed to doing their job the right way and being open to other ideas other than that of their own racism could be eliminated in 20 years because you 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 teach your kids the right way if you're teaching your kids the right way I love that that you know then, then everyone's going to be cool. And then that old rotten generation that was, that, that, you know, had all kinds of issues going on, mm-hmm. they're going to fade to black and, and, and the young bucks are going to be the ones to make the world a better place. But it takes a commitment from people at home. The children are our future, not right. to be cliched, but if you're raising, but it's the truth. It's, it's absolutely true. Like if you're raising your children to love one another, to be thoughtful and considerate of other people and to, and to listen when someone comes to you with a concern, then, then, then they're going to grow up knowing that that's the only way that they can be. But a lot of these parents on both sides of the argument, okay, of what's going on, they fail to, to, to teach tolerance. Mm-hmm. Okay, intolerance is a two-way street. All mm-hmm. right, just because somebody's intolerant of you, that does not then justify you saying, "Well, I'm never going to listen to anyone else." 
You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to listen. Right. A lot of us, we're raised with Christian values and belief. And the chief principle of Christianity is forgiveness and redemption and right. understanding. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those are things that we are brought up of. And it's very difficult to hold on to those principles and remember those principles when you're angry. You know what I'm saying? But we have to get to a place where we're not always angry. Look, I see stuff all the time that make me mad. Mm -hmm. you know? And people are insensitive. People are not thinking of other folks. People are just making comments that make absolutely no sense. And it makes me upset. You know what I'm saying? But then you got to think about it like, yo, like, 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 it's not, at some point, yes, individual accountability is something. But, you know, rather than get mad at people who are, quite frankly, beyond saving, you got to think about what can you do to make the situation better for everybody. I'm blessed to be in a situation where I'm an educator. So I get young people all the time and they get to see a young black man in front of them who loves his rap music. You know what I'm saying? I love I'm, my rap music. Like, you know, I'm married. No, I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm married. I got three kids. Yeah. I love the Lord. You right. feel me? I understand blessings. Mm -hmm. that, that hard work pays off so that when they see me in the classroom, they're not thinking about these these fools who, who, who are burning up stuff, you know, down right. when there was a protest. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's well, that kind of is like the whole talk about, I know I asked you this question, like, what is the biggest misconception? I think that that's just it. Like there's this misconception that you can't be, you know, successful with a five bedroom house and, you know, have beautiful children and all that. And yeah, it's, it's, look, the misconception is like, look, you, you cannot believe everything that you see on TV. You can't believe everything you listen to in some of these, 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 these songs that you hear. That is not an accurate depiction of African Americans, period. Right. Like, I, I will not accept that on any level whatsoever. Right. Is there nonsense? There is nonsense in every demographic on the planet. Yeah, I think it's this idea of like you group people together based on an instance, right? It's it's like you know we we gotta start looking at 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 the the high high number of of successful hardworking African Americans that don't walk around saying f the police, right? That don't that don't you, you know dislike white people. Right. and stuff like that like there, there's so many people like that that are out there and and you know it's if you live in your bubble and you're not intolerant and you and you aren't being taught that you're gonna look at what you see on tv and think that that's an accurate depiction of the way african americans are and that's just not the case we just want equality right we just want to to you know we want to send our son to tell my son hey man take my car go have a good time with with, with your friends and know that he's not going to, you know, run into some wannabe cop with a, with a gun or, or some, you know, cop that, 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 you know, wants to prejudge him without knowing who his, his heart is and, and right. his heart and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all African-Americans want. We, you know, yeah, you want to see the knuckleheads that's going to be posting these silly memes and stuff like that. But the majority of, of African-Americans really just want to live their life in peace, without harassment, without fearing for their safety, and raise our children and be prosperous just like everyone else in this country. I feel like that's like an 
Worthy of an amen. And that kind of um, answers the question of like, what's your hope for the future, right? Um, I think that's just it. It's just letting everybody kind of live peacefully and work together in unity um, without judgment. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it's not going to, Tony Dungy had a really good interview yesterday and I watched it and I listened to it and I like, I was angry and then I listened to what he was saying and I was like, you know what, like, yeah, like, like, you know, a lot of people, they use Christian values to criticize, justifiably so, politicians, and then they forget to apply those same values to their own life and their own views, you know what I mean? And and trying to use that to make yourself a better person, not just expose the flaws in other people. And so um, it's just, you know, we all got to live together, man. Right. <laughs> like, you know, like uh, we all have to live together. We all have to work. You know, there's enough money to be made out here for everyone to have a piece of the pie but you got to be right upstairs if your mind's not right uh you're not going to get to that place it, it will be harder for women it will be harder for minorities that's the reality of the way it is i mean it's it sucks but you know that's life right you know, i beat two white people to get my job I beat two mm -hmm. white people. Maybe they think that I got that job based on, oh, there was a, a diversity quota that needed to be made. No, I, I mean, I don't know the other two candidates, but I know you and I know that you've got, you're well qualified. Exactly. Like, and, and that's fine. Like, you know what I'm saying? But like, again, like the work and now the resume, once I got in there, I, I think probably when I got first got hired full time, I was kind of like, damn is a big deal like I hope I'm ready to make everybody proud and feel like this was they made the right hire yeah but that was four years ago now I have a stranglehold on it yeah and that opportunity was given to me and I ran with it you know what I'm saying now I'm not I'm like I ain't nervous about nobody I'm not worried about you in the least bit at all I think yeah. you're fine but I want to know, do you have, I mean, I know you said you listened to some Tony Dungy. Do you have any um, resources, best books, best um, podcasts, anything like that, that you can recommend for somebody that's looking to sort of educate themselves, whether it's for kids, adults? Well, definitely. I was like, Tony Dungy's book is, is really that like the quiet strength book. That's the book that I, I, I really like. that. Mm -hmm. and it talks about a lot of things. Um, a lot of his interviews, like he, Tony Dungy is like my role model. Like okay. I to be a guy like that. You know what I'm saying? Like he's done so many good things. He does his prison ministry. Uh -huh. um, he was one of the people that really helped Michael Vick uh, turn his life around after he went to jail. Uh, he, he, I mean the, the, like, it, like that's a guy that when he's talking, I listen profoundly uh -huh. because yeah. again, uh, he's been through the struggle. Uh, he's and and he's also a guy that was able to sort of just stay firm on his beliefs, and it got him to a really good place. And I don't know anyone that says anything bad about Tony Dungy ever. Mm -hmm. Like nobody says anything bad about him mm -hmm. ever. He is revered, not just in the Tampa Bay community, but also like I mean, just 
everywhere. Like that guy walks into the room and you just, you instantly want to be a better person. Aw. You know what I'm saying? I, we, we, he's talked to at, our, at a church that's pretty close to here. We went and saw him and it was just like, yo, like you, you hear the guy talk and you just want to be better. You know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. And, no, I'll have to, I haven't, I haven't read any of his stuff. So any of all of his stuff is just wonderful. I, okay. I listen. I don't. I don't read a lot of the books, I, but I do listen to a lot of the podcasts. Okay, and he's giving a speech and stuff like that. Um, like that's pretty good. Uh, what I would also say, and my, a friend of mine was mentioning this, is that there's there's a lot of sort of uh, I don't want to call it perversion, but I'll say that people like to take bits and pieces of quotes from famous African-Americans and use those as without proper context and use those as a means to sort of like support their claims. So I would encourage everyone to really, to really go through and read uh, the speeches of Dr. Martin Luther King in, in its entirety to understand exactly what exactly he's saying, because it's easy to say nonviolent, right? You know what I'm it's easy to just go straight there and use that to, as a means of, don't don't burn stuff but but there's so many other parts of that conversation that he had mm-hmm. and and the letter from birmingham jail is one of the all-time great speeches and it's overlooked because we hear the, the i have a dream speech and stuff like that right like like that's the one that made the press but the letter from birmingham jail is, is like i mean we i read that in, in a black philosophers class when I was an undergrad, and I mean, it hits everything. It, it, I mean, it hits everything like across the board. Well, that and, just goes to show you, like, with the media, since we both have been involved in it, you know, it can go one way or another. Like, sometimes they choose the best of the best or the worst of the worst. It's up to you to sort of decipher the information that you're taking in and what you think is, you know, worthy and, and what deserves some digging a little bit deeper, I guess, to say. I, Absolutely. And I mean, like, as far as like today, I mean, I'm trying to think like, there are a lot of really good, like, like, I pay attention. I haven't, I haven't paid attention to any of the books, because I'm not sure who's put out a book that I was really like, yeah, this really, because I guess, from my perspective, like, I don't read the books about, about African Americans, like right. I live it. You right. Know? You're like, I don't, yeah, I don't even, yeah, no, but I did see some like, um, you know, again, how to be an anti-racist, uh, you know, white fragility, I think is another one that like I saw somebody post, but there's something actually, I know that you and I both are on Instagram a lot. And so I kind of want to ask you about this. I saw a meme come out with a little black girl and she had a poster and it said, we said black lives matter. We never said only black lives matter. We know that all lives matter. We just need your help with the hashtag black lives matter because black lives are in danger, which I feel like is so powerful. Yeah. And talk to me about that. Like, what does that mean to you? Well, what it means to me is that, is that like, I'd say that, and this is across the board, like, you know, African-Americans don't want you to say all lives matter just because they said black lives matter. Right. Like if you're going to say all lives matter, you should say that when there's bad things happening to other people, like, you know, when, 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 uh, I think it was like, like the post night nightclub shooting when, 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 when that gunman went in there and, and slaughtered 50 people, 
majority of them were were gay and lesbian um like that's like you want to say things like you want to say look this is wrong like this all these these people matter like these all these lives matter but it can't just be to just be dismissive of 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 a movement of the black lives matter movement look we know everyone's life matters okay right. know yeah. that we're not saying that they don't it's that here's a population who's having problems we need to bring it to light we're trying to bring that to light right don't be dismissive of saying well all lives matter like that like <laughs> well yeah like we know that right. we need help with what we have going on and so like like don't you don't want to be it's it's dismissive and i had to explain this to somebody the other day it's like yo it's like like we should always care about other people and so you got to understand that when you insert all lives matter and you never say it any other time other than when somebody's saying black lives matter that is being dismissive right. that is being condescending it's not sounding like you care that all lives matter you're just and you you're just trying to 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 sort of uh you know uh, well i heard it's like you're sort of creating a category for yourself correct and and it's like hey but what about me like 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 yeah like yeah well, it's not first of all it's not about individuals right it's not you, you're not saying when you're saying black lives matter you're not talking about yourself you're talking about people who are dead you feel me like people who aren't here to defend themselves anymore. Right. They're not able to speak up for themselves, you know, and, and, you know, when, when they, they get killed and then these people get acquitted in the court of law, it opens old wounds to back when those guys firebombed that church in Alabama, killing four black children and none of them were brought to justice until maybe 1999. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It opens old wounds. Wrong or not, there are millions and millions and millions of wonderful white people who who just want to see everyone prosper. And and I mean, that's great. We appreciate that. Um, like, it's not an attack on white people. The Black Lives Matter movement is not an attack on white people. Right. It is a calling to get folks to understand that, hey, look, this is a problem in our community. We, we just want, going back to what I said before, we just want what everybody else wants. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to be afraid when we get pulled over by the cops. We don't want to be afraid. That's all. You know? And so it's just, it's... I get it. It goes back to not living in your bubble and being tolerant of ideas other than your own and actually taking the time to listen to understand people's perspectives. I have a student right now. She is a fan of the current administration. I disagree with it, but she's thoughtful the way she communicates. She explained to me why she likes certain things. I listened. I explained to her why I disagree with it. And nobody got mad. She's going to be better off because of that. Right. If she decides to, to get involved in politics, she'll be that voice in the room 
who has the inside perspective. I got a really good friend that's black. He's a former teacher of mine. This is how that comment, that kind of stuff made him feel. I can speak up and be like, yo, that's not right. right. We shouldn't say that. Let's figure out how to communicate so that we're not offending people. It doesn't go anywhere if all you do is argue and just throw insults and call each other stupid and all that stuff. You're not getting nowhere because nobody's listening. Right. You know? Well, I appreciate your time today. I feel like I could talk to you forever. Usually my podcasts are 15 minutes, but I left this. I didn't even tell you that it was that because I wanted to be able to get everything out. And I wanted to make this, give it the time that it really, really deserved. And, and so, um, surprise. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, feel bad. I feel like I was rambling for like, Oh my God, stop. No, no, it, it's great. I love it. You did great. Um, I want to know for those of us that are interested in um, reaching out to you, where can we find you um, if interested? Uh, Instagram uh, and Twitter, the same name, RyeWatts810. That's R-Y-W-A-T-S-810. Uh, I have uh, my website, RyanAWatson.net. So the film I wrote and directed is, it is, entitled confessions of a black faculty uh -huh. um it'll probably be out in 2021 i'm almost done editing it but it really touches on a lot of the things that we just spoke about not just like you know it talks it, it touches on you know some racial issues and it also talks about uh the way we treat each other as african americans and how uh, we got to get away from from some of the poor habits that have been thrown on us generation generationally so be on the lookout for that i'm excited for that i can't wait to see it so, was there anything else that you wanted to add today i appreciate you for having me on i appreciate your views your perspective um and you uh willing to have the conversation uh it takes it takes a village man uh, yeah to get to a better place and it's going it ain't going to be easy but uh for the most part if everyone's willing to listen to each other we can eventually get to a better place uh that's it well i want to just say thank you so much for opening up and you know being vulnerable and sharing those stories about your life and what you've been through and your hopes and dreams and all of that i know it takes courage um to be able to be vulnerable and to share those things. So I appreciate you allowing me to do that, to share that with other people, to maybe um, educate other people or to inspire other people to want to do better. So um, that's kind of what my MO is all about is just being able to be a platform um, to share that with other people. So thank you again so much. Um, I am here. Uh, I'm I'm excited for the future to even, you know, just partner together and band together and um, just continue to work together. So thanks again so much. Yes. Well, if you enjoyed this podcast or it inspired you whatsoever, make sure that you share it, you like it, you comment, you subscribe, all of the things. You can always find us on momgirlblog.com. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and uh, on Instagram at Brianna D'Andrea. All right. Well, thanks again, Ryan. Appreciate you. And we'll chat soon. All right.